Hey everybody, uh, this is Joshua, and we're back again with another segment of the show. Uh, and welcome back to my 30 seconds. And as you know, it it's a Friday, and you know what it is with Fridays. We have um, our we have our special guest today. And um, before I say anything, I just thought it would be interesting to always start off with. Um, something quite interesting like um effect of the week and uh, this week uh, i actually saw something quite interesting uh effect of the week um korean scientists have actually created an invincible solar panel uh which that now means that windows can be used uh to generate electricity but um that is that that is effect of the week and um i don't want to waste time as you know cliffy is on the line cliffy good evening man hey good evening jay how's it man i am great thanks man how are you how are you doing no i'm all good i'm all good you know uh just taking it easy on a monday and friday and i must say you sounded a little low for monday and friday i thought you'd be all hyped up hey uh it's busy here in pretoria but you know what uh i i just i just need to i just need to to stay indoors it's it's quite cold we're experiencing a bit of a cold front this uh this uh this weekend mm-hmm. yeah yeah there was some snow in the eastern cape so uh that's no obviously after that happened that side it always comes down to us Ooh. because of that altitude thing yeah man yes 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 anyway cliffy let's get let's get down to it how's your week man That's great. Ah, oh, no, man. It's, it's 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 been a great week. We've just been busy, but uh, preparing for the second uh, for the second uh, part of the year. Uh, I think I'd like. Uh, yeah, I'd like to believe that's what keep that's keeping me busy, or that it kept me busy rather uh, during the course of the week. And uh, I just want to talk about. I just want to reflect on what happened the past week. Uh, the past weekend, uh, uh, what is it? Saturday, uh, the president of the republic, uh, President Cyril Matamala Ramaphosa, attended the uh, new global financial pact summit in France, and uh, a lot of things were said there uh, with regards to the investments and so on, and. Uh, I really like what he says there that he said something very profound and I think that's something that we can anchor on and he spoke about reform on the financial architecture of the world and what do you think of that what is your take on that uh, when it comes to the economic overview of of the country rather Africa speak to the world. It's almost like we are begging them 
exactly. We keep it so clear to them that um, we, we are not players. We are here as an economic player, and uh, the economy reform happened. I mean, we asked for COVID, what is this vaccine, and we had to deal with it. In an economy that's a 21st century economy, that is not something that should happen. Uh, a 21st century economy where Africa is an active player in that economy, it should be uh, an almost like uh, a pure sort of approach to that to that sort of situation. So I really loved it, and I really loved how you placed the fact that as Africa now we're moving into a place where we see ourselves as beggars, we don't see ourselves as a lower level, we don't see ourselves as uh, beneath anybody else in this world. Yes. Equal players on this economic field, so that we, can, we, we don't even have to ask. It had to happen. I mean, so UN, so in essence. EU, um, in essence, I think the, the 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 leaders of the respective countries from Africa that had uh, represented their respective uh, states there were speaking of a leveled playground. But in terms of the economy, do you think that is going to be something is going to be quite possible in the near future, or uh, uh, for for Africa rather to trade on a level playground with other countries? With you, um, for us to be able to play on that level play, playground yeah, or, or uh, level environment, if I should say, what it would take for us Africans also to be able to stand our own, on our own two feet, be able to trade freely. I mean, that's something that has been spoken about in the AU. Yes. Uh, free trade. Yes. Stand Ooh. on our own two feet. And once, once we're able to stand on our own two feet, you know, yeah. it's much easier to approach the table of discussion as. You know what? We are independent. We are able to stand on our own two feet. We don't need aid. We don't need uh, any help. Uh, but we are able to stand on our own two feet. And I think then we can have a, a more a more reasonable uh, conversation in terms of an equal environment or an equal economic environment. Rather, I, I, you just reminded me of a, a speech I had. Doctor Mukwabe Masuta gave. I think it was at, at the ICC. Uh, the NYDA had hosted an event for the BRICS. Uh, some of these organizations, I'm just not too sure about the, the full name of the organization, the program that they had. But then he said something remarkable about a free market. He says that we cannot be participants of a free market if ourselves are not economically free as individuals. And I, I think that was quite something quite interesting and uh speaking of free market and free trade uh something quite interesting we saw in the tabloids uh joan rupert south african billionaire as now the richest billionaire in africa surpassing um uh, uh dangote Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. What? 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 What does he actually? What does he exactly own? I think a lot of people just know uh, Johan Rupert is white and so on, but we don't really, we don't really know what he owns. What? What does he own? What does he do? Yeah, goodness, firstly, talking about Johan Rupert, you know, somebody who's been mentioned at the Stellenbosch Mafia, if I should say. I don't know if I can say that on your show. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. And uh, he has so much influence. And if, if we're to go into what he necessarily owns, we'd have to have a whole show for that. Because, you know, when you're somebody at that level, you are involved in so many businesses that are in the country that, that it's almost even hard for us to be able to pin you down on one business, you know. But in the context, 
economy, where the economy is going. I won't mention those names right now or any businesses in particular, because like I said, his consortium or his own business is involved in so much that it, it'll be very hard for us to be able to put it down to one business or two businesses. But for us as South Africans, what can that do for us is encouragement. Somebody who has enough influence on in our economy and now is taken apart as being the richest man in South Africa. I mean, that, that holds us in a dem- democratic country, sorry. It then tells us that we are liable to tell this guy or be able to approach him and say, listen, for you to be the richest man in Africa, there must be some sort of uh, reward or some sort of incentive that comes back to us, the people who are here. There must be some sort of incentive, especially, I mean, I'm not talking about the context of South Africa. There must be something that comes back to us that we can see that materializes. And the first one that I'll talk about mentioned it last week is unemployment yeah can you as the richest man in africa influence the unemployment rate in the country in which you are deemed to be the richest man you know so i mean already the guy is uh I mean, already the guy, I feel like he's doing quite a lot for the country. Uh, not, to, not to say he's the only biggest uh, stakeholder, but um, uh, uh, he has a number of companies. They employ a lot of people. And it is quite fair to say that um, it's quite fair to say that they are actually contributing a lot to the economy, not only on an employment basis, but also on an investment basis. You know, when we have investment drives in South Africa, these are some of the people that go out there and they market South Africa. No, 100%, you know, and they really, really do. But we, we want to know, is it marketing on, on a, a um, almost like a, a business level? Or is it marketing on a South African level when one South Africans to benefit from that sort of marketing, you know? And I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he runs one of the biggest companies, not only on the JSE, but in the world itself, the Richmond company. Yeah. The CFR, uh, I'm going to just mention it on its ticker name. But the CFR, the Richmond company, they are like a jewelry, uh, jewelry, uh, jewelry, luxury company. Yeah. A very big company. And then also come down to our mining sector. Can mining then improve? Mm. And then uh, people get employed in that sector, you know, things like that. And like I said, I'm just mentioning just one of the businesses where he's actively uh, involved in, but they are all special market. But literally, in our level of, 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 of being or being here in South Africa, can it then result in employment? People yeah. are crying about employment. In a country like South Africa, uh, where we have um, a lot of unemployment and a lot of crime rates, uh, as of recent, we've been having commissions after commissions for state of capture. Do you think that um, it is also it could also be a threat if we have one of the richest people in Africa, um, and yet after so many commissions we've had in South Africa, there still are no recommendations from those commissions or no structure put. I mean, uh, we had this past week or so. Um, the uh, the deputy chief justice uh, Raymond Zondo he was actually he actually said something about that he said that no you know what look in as much as in as much as we've had these commissions uh, there have just not been any recommendations or anything that have been put in place to combat um, any further state capture do you think that having such powerful individuals in our country could in a way uh, or possibly 
um, result in another state capture. I mean, we're talking about a very powerful person here. No, 100%, you know, and uh, um, like I said, like, I'm, I'm going to approach this conversation as I've done in the previous times uh, from a capitalistic sort of point of view. And uh, what I'll say is, our state, you know, has already been captured by big business. Big business runs our state. So yeah. we must just accept that and acknowledge that. But what we should not accept is um, redundant sort of uh, uh, inquiries that have no legal implications going on in the country. Because first of all, these are redundant uh, uh, sort of commissions, if I should say. They don't result in any uh, court interdicts, no charges happen, but taxpayer money is being, going, is being paid out for yeah. things to happen. So first of all, we must get, get away from that. And also getting away from that, you must also understand that there is state capture happening. There are private individuals in our republic that have their own private interests. But what we should then start to talk about is, can those private interests benefit the general public of South Africa? Yeah. And what I'll say in terms of the state commission, what we have seen now, there's nothing that like I mean has happened materialistically that we can say that the state commission can do anything about it. Yeah. This, this is where now we say that um, as much as our constitution is a good, but this is where it downplays us because yeah. And what exactly what exactly would we look forward what exactly can we look forward to as a result of such not happening as a result of uh, as a result of such instability uh in terms of uh, policy making how how do our markets normally uh participate in such how do they respond when there's uh, such uncertainty Is it the same thing? Is it the same thing that they were having when they were um, they had um, Mark Zuckerberg come up front and they wanted him to give some answers in terms of the the privacy of the individual of the people. years in our democracy but 
can learn from that. But the student called them in. He called, they called them in and they said, you know what, the practices that you are doing are not encouraging the economy. They're in fact downplaying the economy. You are playing dirty. What is it that you're doing? And they questioned it live, you know what I mean? We yes. were able to see that mm. it had legal implications. Whereas with our commission that we have, they keep reminding us that um, it's just a commission. People are charged. People can't go to court after that. And that is something that we look into, I mean, as a country, because if you can't do that, then, I mean, you call anybody in and tell them, hey, don't do that again, but go back and click. Mm. So it could be some type of uh, a white collar crime gimmick in a way. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but I want us to look at something very interesting that happened during the course of the week, actually. Um, we saw economist, uh, I, I know, Leandre da Silva, an economist uh, at NetBank, and uh, and uh, Kolani Siwea, uh, who was the chief economist at, at AgriSA, uh, they were actually talking about the cooling down of the CPI in terms of uh, the food, you know, uh, when looking at certain, a certain basket of uh, a certain basket of uh, of, of of goods, um, in as much as the interest rates are going up, we see that uh, there's a cooling down a bit in the price index. How 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 will that have an impact, or how will that have an effect in the uh, the pockets of the consumers in in the in the in the next uh, months to come? So, so I'm, I'm glad we can transition into that. Um, obviously, now we have had so many interest rates, uh, interest rate hikes. Yeah. The aim of impacting this uh, inflation that we're having. Um, and obviously, we see some things going down, which is okay on the side of the consumer because then they have uh, more purchasing power. Yeah. Because it, it, is, it, is it happening as fast as the interest rates are rising? I don't, I don't think so. However, um, they said that they 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 acknowledged that. I mean, Wandile Slobo from Mail and Guardian actually acknowledged that. Um, I mean, just after eight months of South Africa's food inflation at a level above twelve point at a level above twelve point three percent. I mean, in May the data showed that um, it uh, the inflation the CPI de- uh, decelerated to twelve point zero percent down from 14.3% in April 2023. And that is is very interesting, eh? It it is, but also, you know, can I be honest with you? Um, Sometimes the thing with food inflation, right, when you're talking about food prices, right? Yes. uh, We must also consider the seasons. Yeah. You know, uh, when you're coming from a a good harvest season, it's easy to say that uh, inflation went down because obviously there was a, a season where everybody was harvesting. There was enough supply in the economy for us to see go down. We do know, I mean, the essentials of economies. High supply means low prices, of course, just as high demand means low prices. Yeah. So we must also consider that. But if we're going to look at the general spectrum in terms of what the Reserve Bank is doing with their instruments to tame inflation has been effective because, I mean, I'm going to look at it like eggs now. Uh, there's a crisis in, uh, I think it was in, in Malana, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Now they're telling us that private, uh, egg prices are also going to go up again. Eggs are essential, you know. Um, eggs, milk, things like that, they are essentials. What, what's happening with those kind of things? Are they decreasing because of 
what the reserve bank are doing with interest rates, or are they decreasing because there's just supply in the economy, you know? And those are things that we should, really should ask ourselves because, like I said, these interest rate hikes have been so heavy in the in the aim of fighting inflation. But we can't just focus only on food inflation. What about the other other parts of the economy? The economy is created on so many different parts. It's just not what agri that drives the economy. There is more. What about those other parts? I mean, just this week. I mean, just this week, um, uh, the governor of the Reserve Bank actually warned that uh, we might see an increase, a higher increase in interest rates. Um, how is that going to have an impact? I mean, perhaps you should explain to our listeners, um, from my understanding, uh, I'll explain my understanding, but perhaps you should explain in just two minutes to our listeners what it means to the economy when there's an increase in the interest rates and what is the reason why behind or some of the reasons behind why the governor of the reserve bank or the reserve bank on its own would increase interest rates 100 so now now in this environment that we're in one base that the, the reserve bank has to increase interest rates is to fight inflation yeah. fight inflation and nothing else yes now in the general economy, like I said, that's why we can't just focus on food in itself. The prices are going down. Prices are actually going up. So that effect, just on that in itself, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. But generally, what it is supposed to do is, when they increase the interest rate, what is supposed to happen in the general economy is, inflation then tamed down a little bit. There's not enough money supply going around. Not, money, not enough money supply, what does that mean? Not enough demand. And when there's less demand, what does that do to prices? Prices have to go down. Prices mm. have to go down and not just on one industry, on all industries. But what we realize what's happening now, because the governor of the Reserve Bank has been increasing these rates for five months in a row, since the beginning of the year. And prices just keep going up. So they now must get to an understanding that probably there are other factors besides that monetary factor that are driving inflation. Because essentially, I mean, as we read in our books, uh, in our economic books, how it's supposed to happen is they increase interest rates, prices go down. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, even your fewer, uh, your listeners, sorry, who are here right now can compare that. Shots, I go outside and all I'm seeing is prices still going up. But, but then I think we, we need to be like... Uh quite uh, careful with that because um, a, a, a change in the interest rates by the Reserve Bank, the results can only be seen within 12 to 18 months, you know. So then now, the increase that we're having right now, depending on the type of economy that we're talking about, you know, uh, when we talk about an economy in construction or we talk about locomotive, these are some of the lagging indicators of the economy wherein you find that uh, you will only see the results later and then whereas we have like coincidental economies and uh, uh, which happened just now when there's a change now uh, we see it now so but then in, in in a nutshell I want us to focus more specifically on food yeah I mean, can I just say something to just mention now sorry I'm so sorry to worry about that but I'm, what I'm trying to say is use that a decision they make decision they make has an impact uh, the only the only way we can see the results after uh, a long period of time uh, six months or, or a year yeah but what I, 
term that quickly? How come that we don't see impact in the short term that quickly? That, that's just the argument I'm raising, you know. But as you were saying, yeah, I'm. I'm. I was just saying that I want us to look at it from. Uh, uh, a, a foods perspective or goods perspective, more, more, most particularly consumables, because these are things that are consumed on a daily, you know. Um, looking at a certain basket, um, uh, uh, now, what does what is the impact of an increase in those interest rates when it comes to basic foods, and how will that? Um, have an impact on the poorest of the poor in South Africa or your lower middle class and the middle class that is um, thriving to survive. This is where our appreciation of farmers then comes in. Uh, what we can only hope for, you know, um, and it was only like say they come they come out after water, then we understand the implications. But what we can only hope for is that increases also have some sort of uh, a positive impact on our farmers because our farmers must be able to then generate these basics that we need but if our farmers are finding it hard or even um, like i say hard to, to do business to trade and do what they do then obviously it will reflect in our own consumable that we have on a day um so one thing we can say is let's hope that our farmers are being uh, at a positive environment right now because if they're Yeah. understand that and i hope the viewers or the, the listeners actually um get that context of how the Im- that would impact um the food prices and so on but uh to conclude the show um it has been a very phenomenal year for tech stocks um thanks to artificial intelligence and so on and what would be some of the stocks some of the tech stocks or tech companies that you you'd reckon that uh the listeners uh, look up to for investment purposes. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I must say, MJ, uh, this part of the show, this is where I start getting excited, you know, because <laughs> when we talk the economy, there's so many possibilities. But when we talk markets themselves in terms of stock picking, uh, it gets a bit exciting because there's so much happening there. Yeah. But yes, uh, it's been a good year for stock, for stock. And I'm going to talk about generally some offshore share uh, stock that are there, not generally in our own. AI very well in the product 
Yes. To use AI, to use AI, you need good hardware. And the company that I'll mention is the Taiwanese semiconductor company, who then supplies the 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 hardware that is necessary for for the AI to actually exist. And with those companies, I've seen that there's been significant growth. And even the other companies, major companies, the bank stock that we know, our our Amazons, our Tesla, our Apples. That have done very well because they initialize AI into their systems. But specifically, like I say, for our viewers out there, go search Nvidia, Nvidia, and go search uh, the Taiwanese. Why? Uh, the Taiwanese they offer hardware, whereas Nvidia they offer the software. The software that they're developing right now, I don't want to get too technical, but it 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 is uh, accommodating for AI technology, and it has been a very popular space. I myself on my own Easy Equity account. If I can say this on show, I've done very well on it. We invested in them in 2020. There was a friend of mine who said it to me, and uh, we've done very, very well on that stock. That is absolutely great. Speaking of uh, Amazon, you mentioned Amazon. Uh, Amazon is coming to South Africa. Um, do you think that it's going to provide a competitive uh, space uh, while it comes to online shopping in South Africa? And I mean, with that being said, I mean. Uh, take a lot. Actually, there was a case. Take a lot. Actually, took uh, Amazon to court, uh, but I, I think they were dismissed. Yeah, MJ, you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, 100%, sorry. Um, so I must say that the South African context must remember who runs Take a Lot. Yeah. It's month end. Um, we had a very lovely chat today. Um, you know, like what I always say, like uh, sands through the hourglass. So is the time that we have to spend together, Cliffy. Until the next show. See you next 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 Friday. That is it with Cliffy there. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of the show. Cheers.